Hello and welcome back to Girl Kind, the podcast. As always, I'm so happy you're here because this week we have an incredible guest on the show, a guest who can help you find you again and a daily living pattern that actually reflects what matters to you. Amy Kate is a dear friend of mine who founded The Mindful Collective. Amy is a psychologist practicing in Brisbane, Australia, and she also creates products and courses designed to inspire mindful and compassionate change in young women and the young at heart. It shattered Amy to see how many wonderful women end up in her treatment room because they haven't been taught how to care for themselves nurture themselves and value themselves. This is what she now has dedicated her life to alongside her gorgeous, adorable therapy dog, Evie. I met Amy earlier this year after inviting her to the Girl Kind Prefs preview in Australia and we chatted for about two hours and we were both just so incredibly excited about our passion of helping and educating young women the fun way. I'm so, so excited about this conversation and so happy you're going to hear her speak. So let's just get straight into it. Welcome to Girl Kind, home of the real talk guide to accessing true self-love, self-confidence, and passionate purpose. In this podcast, self-made girl boss and founder of Girl Kind, Millie, will help empower and inspire your journey towards personal success. So if you're ready to show up and conquer your biggest goals, then you're in the right place. Here's your friendly and sometimes funny host, Millie Rose Bannister. Thank you so much, Amy, for coming on this episode. I'm so happy you're here. You are so comforting and warm and you have so much insight and I'm so excited for everyone to hear this today. Thank you for showing up. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I am so excited to be here. (laughs) Would you mind jumping straight into your story and sharing that now with us? Absolutely. So it actually started... My story started really back when my parents wanted me to be a music teacher, which is rather unusual for people who know me now. Yeah. (laughs) I cannot sing to save my life. (laughs) But I did some work experience to find out if that's something that I wanted to do. And I remember just feeling so tired and thinking, oh, my goodness, I don't think I could do this every day. I'm really by the end of the week, I was really stressed and didn't really want to go. Mm. But I met these two twins who, what we now know as fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, had two very different responses to that. And it really sparked my interest in the brain and how people develop from before they are even born mm. until they pass away. And it was just so interesting to me. And so that's why I decided to become a psychologist. And then my story became a little bit more hectic when um, I was unfortunately sexually assaulted in the first week of uni. So in O week, which is what we call it in Australia. Um, So I was 17 Mm. and that was a really violent um, assault. And then a couple of months later, just before semester one exams, I was assaulted again by a different person. Oh my God. And that was more an emotional abuse. I didn't actually realize I'd been assaulted until afterwards. So I was speaking to some friends about what had happened and they were very clear that that was not 
a consensual experience and that was very much an assault. And I remember ringing the person and saying like, I think you assaulted me. And he was like, no, no, you were ready for that. Like, that's what you were ready for. Da, da, da. And I started realizing that men make a lot of decisions for women mm. without women even realizing it in some cases. So I tried four different therapists until I found the right one for me mm. and eventually told my family what had happened. And it was so important for me to find the right person who resonated with me so that's why I persisted to find the right person Mm. and that was so powerful I'm really glad that I kept at that and went on to um, do my master's and continued to study educational and developmental psychology which is very different to the typical psych that a lot of people know about which is more the clinical psychology And so during master's, my boyfriend at the time, who is very nice and I have since married, um, (laughs) introduced me to meditation and he was very aware of my experiences that I'd had, my history Mm -hmm. and both the fabulous things and also not so fabulous. And he spoke to me about meditation as a way of calming my system because he would often see that when I was getting stressed, I'd have quite a big response and it wasn't necessarily externalized I would go very much within myself and really self-critical and just really unfair on myself and so I remember him mentioning meditation and me just being like spitting fire with my eyes like how (laughs) dare you tell me to meditate you horrible human like I am not going to sit down and listen to my thoughts (laughs) that is awful (laughs) so I actually set out when I was already incredibly busy to research all the reasons that meditation is a terrible idea (laughs) um to essentially do a presentation (laughs) to tell him how wrong he truly was. (laughs) And unfortunately I found the exact opposite, which we now like a couple of years later now, it's much more known that meditation Mm. is very good because there are so many different forms. And that's something I wasn't aware of at the time. I thought I had to empty my mind, but thankfully that's not actually something you have to do to practice mindfulness so from all of that I kind of went into researching well why did I not know about this before and what information is out there for well-being while I'm you know just completely getting smashed at university just constantly things going on that needed to be done no one had ever graduated on time while working and I think this is probably a hilarious little side note to my story it was a male uh, psychologist who ran the course at that time for the master's program and I remember him being up there and saying like no one's ever passed while working so you can't work while you do this course if you want to graduate on time and I remember thinking that's unrealistic and that's unfair and I'm going to do that because that's ridiculous that that's this narrative that's going on around this place. (laughs) So I wanted to find things that were going to help me get through and found so much misinformation, just really unusual things that were being talked about online that were saying, oh, you will feel so confident if you do this. 
And it was like, that's simplifying a lot of stuff. That's actually really unhelpful. And I tried a lot of them and a lot of things made me feel worse rather than better. So I started going more to the science of things and looking at what confidence hacks there were, what efficiency hacks I can build into my routine Mm. and mindfulness just kept coming up a lot. Mm. But also just generally in the pop culture side of things, which I love, the work was missing, the internal work that people have to do to get to where they want to be just was being completely skipped over. And so that's when I really became passionate about sharing evidence-based and beautiful and accessible psych strategies to bring mindful and compassionate change to women and the young at heart to help people, help women know that they can make a decision because we're running through life so often in almost a mindless state and that's when these things can become hard to pick up Mm. and realize that, hang on, like if I hadn't have had that conversation with my friends, I would have thought that that interaction with that person was normal Mm. because it didn't actually flag to me that it wasn't. I had a bit of an inkling, well, a very strong inkling that I wasn't into it, but I didn't have, Mm. I didn't realize that that was actually inappropriate or not legal. Right. Yeah. So I'm now an educational developmental psychologist, finished master's, finished the registration program. It's such a long road. (laughs) But my focus is on helping people create that space in their mind and inspire that compassion and self-compassion in their soul to help them take notice of their moments and enjoy them and find the meaning in them. Mm. Wow. So that's kind of my story. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and you did it, didn't you? You managed to graduate whilst working and you proved him wrong, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And they asked me to come back and talk to the next cohort that was starting yeah. um, after us, um, after I finished. And I was so intense about, you can do this. If you, <laughs> yes, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. I was not the person I wanted to be at the end. My efficiency value took over all of my other values. Right. And that's not necessarily that I necessarily something that I would go for again in the future but I'm still glad that I I don't regret the way that I did it I learned so much from doing it that way and proving to myself that I could do it but also showing the university that that's possible and it should be possible not everyone has the ability to just not work at all while they're studying full-time that's just not really reality Mm. yeah so I know you mentioned it um, a little bit before, but how was it that you found your passion? Was there um, a particular moment other than the one you mentioned that you thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? I think that was really when I when I came across the lack of information in this mm. area that was pr- – well, I shouldn't even say that because there, there's so much information out there that is accurate, but it's so boring <laughs> and it's not presented very nicely and it doesn't seem accessible. And so, I yeah, I've really become – I've, like, jumped into that world headfirst and am really enjoying being in it and it just completely – 
replenishes me. I get so excited when I wake up in the morning Mm. and I love that I get to do really quirky things with my job, like having a therapy dog (laughs) and doing all of those strange Uh things that I love doing. (laughs) That's so amazing. I love that so much. And can you tell us a little bit more about your therapy dog, Evie? Yes, I would love to. (laughs) So she's an Italian greyhound. Um, She's actually my first dog that I've ever had. And I had her on a vision board when I was in about year 10. So I had a little Italian greyhound in this really sweet little pink sweater. It was just gorgeous. (laughs) So I knew that I wanted an Italian greyhound for like probably like 15 years now. I just love them so much. So she is totally the self-care queen of the Mindful Collective. She does whatever she believes is best for her in every single moment, which can be pretty entertaining in a therapy setting, that's for sure, when she decides to get the zoomies at 5 o'clock on the dot every day. (laughs) So we just build it into our routine now. We just know that it's going to happen. But we train together as a therapy dog and handle a team yeah. with Therapy Dogs Australia. And I, I'm i just really glad that this is taking off in Australia because I know that in other parts of the world it is such a big therapeutic inter- part of therapy interventions. And in Australia we just we're getting on the bandwagon a bit late, I mm. think. And she just brings so much joy and compassion to the ladies and the girls that I hang out with both online and in person because she'll just jump up on my lap in the (laughs) middle of an online session just make herself known make sure the person knows that she's there then she'll hop off and keep doing other things (laughs) she's just all about that self-care life yeah (laughs) so if you don't mind me asking what are some of the common themes that do come up in those sessions with your ladies One of the major themes is something I think I kind of touched on before with that we often don't realise when a choice has been taken away from us, Mm. whether it's, I mean, our parents take so many choices away from us in parenting. And so we all have that shared experience of something going interestingly while we were growing up Um, and parents do the best that they can with the resources that they have, but Beyond that, I really feel that that's not where that stops. That's where that starts. And we can become really unaware of the choices that have been taken from us from extremes like sexual assault. And the week after schoolies is always one of the busiest weeks of the year for and ongoing before Christmas. It's busiest time for me because so many girls come in after the schoolie celebration and ask, was I assaulted? This is what happened. I feel really bad. I'm not recovering. Something's wrong. Was I assaulted? And to an outsider, the power imbalance seems very clear. Mm -hmm. And yet often it will be even parents saying things like, oh, but the boy's very nice. It must have just been a misunderstanding or, oh, I can't, like knowing his parents, I can't imagine that would have been intentional. She must have done something to imply that that was appropriate. And from the girls then, of course, going, oh, yeah, maybe this was fine. Was this not? Um, and then other things like just knowing, not knowing our boundaries and not having that sense of identity 
Mm. Mm. That's really interesting. Um, so I guess other than uh, being able to engage in really facilitating progressive conversations like the one they like the ones that they have with you which is absolutely amazing do you think self-reflection becomes a part of these um these conversations too like why why is self-reflection so important when we give ourselves that space to reflect it can feel scary and I think that that's why most people don't want to deep dive into a self-reflection space Mm. and yet the scariness is because we're learning so many things about ourselves and that's so so important there are so many different ways to self-reflect and it's just oh it is incredibly important and therapy really is teaching most therapies I should say Mm. are teaching a process of self-reflection in themselves so it's actually just self-reflecting with a buddy yeah, <laughs> with yeah. a guide, yeah, we can make sure that it doesn't become boundaryless and super negative. Mm. Yeah. So if we don't have access to a therapist, which is obviously highly recommended because you're amazing, um, how do we <laughs> how do we go about doing consistent, positive, judgment free self reflection? What's a good way to step into that? I've. I think there are probably a few things that make it feel safer for people. And one is planning the time. When we feel like we're going to spend a couple of hours self-reflecting for the first time, that can feel so daunting. So do five minutes and set a timer. And when that timer finishes, you stop and go on about your day and leave it at that and then have another go and do 10 minutes and then maybe 20 and then some people go on self-reflection holidays where Mm. they spend days but it's always structured I've yet to hear of someone who goes in with it completely unstructured people usually have an idea as to whether it's writing prompts that they want to follow or they want to focus on their personal values that's my favorite way of reflecting is looking at my values which are generally around efficiency curiosity humor Mm. balance kindness and diversity so for me it's about making sure that my reflection is around them other people will like to record video diary entries talking on specific topics but just keeping it semi-structured so that it when it starts to because most becomes not necessarily negative but it can feel negative if that makes sense yeah and the realizations that we can have often if they're not framed correctly or in a helpful way can become really awful so we also need to be real with ourselves because that's the purpose of self-reflection but also keeping it kind yeah so as an example instead of writing in my journal I'm an idiot writing something along the lines of I must have needed to relax today because I did a bit of a Netflix sesh (laughs) for the whole day. (laughs) This was me two days ago. (laughs) But clearly being productive was important to me today because it seems to be niggling at me. Yeah. And so that way I'm learning something from the experience rather than judging myself. Mm. Mm. Yeah, okay. And then, of course, it's just about avoiding it being that boundaryless void. 
right. that we can feel like we're going to end up spending hours yeah. in this self-critical, self-hatred, yeah. which is so unhelpful. And a lot of times when people think of self-reflection, they think, how can I improve myself? And self-reflection can be completely based on really helpful things for you. It could be how you did live out your values. It, that's a great way to self-reflect because it reinforces that and encourages us to continue doing that. Mm, I love that. So do you think we should just, you know, grab ourselves a notebook and start there and, you know, start actually physically writing out some of these answers to questions that are important to us? Yes, absolutely. And you can Google different ways of doing it and even things like thinking about your learning style. If you're someone who learns through listening to information and talking about information, do a video diary so that you can have a look at it a few days later and have a bit of an internal dialogue with yourself while you're listening to it, Mm. especially if you're making a really big decision. It's really helpful to do that because you can see the expression in your eyes. You can hear the inflections in your voice and you know yourself better than anyone. So you can go, okay, I don't think I was being quite honest and real with myself for part of this, but I was with this part and Maybe this isn't a more direction that I need to go in. But for people who like writing and really benefit from reading information, then definitely journaling it is such a great way to go. Mm, That's awesome. Um, Would you recommend going about this route for identifying some of our personal strengths and values as well? Yes, definitely. Absolutely. And it will come up in themes and often I do find that we have trouble picking it up ourselves because we we assume that it's typical, yep. if that makes sense. So, mm. for example, even kindness, if, if that's coming up a lot, someone who's kind might not pick that up because yep. it's just so natural to them. And so by asking people who someone trusts, that is by far the most important not someone that they met on Tinder a few weeks ago, someone who (laughs) really knows them and who they trust Yeah, can be great for starting that conversation and even starting it by saying, hey, I was reflecting on you and your life and it's been awesome. These are some of the strengths that came up that I just want you to know that I see in you. Mm. Can you help me identify some of mine? Because I know that that's a bit tricky and I'm having trouble with that. Mm, I love that. I wish we had more conversations like that because they're so helpful. Um, And I actually did that a little while ago because I was a little bit stuck and I wanted to dive into some education and offer, you know, that self-development community that has now turned into girl kind. But I went to my closest um, family and friends and said, hey, I can't see my own superpowers can you please just give it to me straight, good and bad, what's up with me, what am I good at, what do you see in me that I should be sharing with the outside world? And I just was so excited and amazed at the answers that came back, um, both good and bad, you know, like we, we're too close to our own genius. We can never see what we're good at, like you were saying. So I'm all for that exercise. I think that's so great. And I love that you did that. I've done it as well. I've done it a few times and through like different years. And I used to also do something that's a bit quirky. I would send friends questions 
and like to my aunties and uncles and as well and my grandparents like everyone would get this blanket text saying what is love what is happiness I'm doing my own little qualitative research studies on my family when I was about 18 which is you know they were not consenting to be part of those studies they thought they were just texting me back but I wrote all of the answers down into this notebook and then started looking at well which bits resonate with me which bits are like neither here nor there which bits am I like whoa that doesn't gel with me to work out who I am as well so yeah I I think asking people who we really trust really deep questions is something that can be a bit missing at the moment so by doing that it's juicy it's all the deep stuff it's awesome yeah (laughs) I love that um and so our next question is if you could offer a piece of advice to your 20-year-old self, what would that be? I think for me it would be trust in your worth Mm. because I feel like I knew my worth. I had this inkling in my belly that some of the things that were going on in my life were not reflective of my worth and I knew that I wasn't treating myself the way that I wanted other people to treat me and I think it was more about trusting that I second-guessed it and assumed that other people who I didn't trust actually knew more about me and how I should be treated than I did Wow! and now for me it's I really that's something that would have been so powerful for me at that time trust your worth I love that so mm. much. That's so powerful. Um, and also another question completely pivoting from that. Well, not completely, but as a psychologist, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who talks about this stuff day in and day out, how do you feel about the social media age? Like what is your mental health plan for this, um, you know, arena that we're in all the time now? Mm. I love the social media age. I mean, I kind of grew up at the start of it. So um, Facebook was probably around when I was in maybe year, well, it would have been around for longer, but I remember getting it about year 12. I, I find that if we don't know enough about something, we can shy away from it or just use it in a way that is not beneficial to ourselves, that real not being mindful experience. So For me, one of my big parts of the plan is learning about it and keeping up to date with the research in the area so that I'm more informed about the impact that social media use could have on me and on the women that I work with and making sure that we are talking about that and we are protecting ourselves against those things. And then, of course, knowing when to say, okay, I'm jumping off for Mm. a few days. I'm actually going on a holiday in October that has been purposefully scheduled so that I have no reception for five days. (laughs) Sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I, it's getting to the point where my um, partner will say like, it's me or the laptop. One of us is going on this holiday. And I'm like, that's risky for you, mate. Like you, that is risky. <laughs> the laptop might, might actually win out sometimes. <laughs> so that's really, that's definitely part of the plan. We wouldn't be going to some of the unusual islands that we're going to <laughs> if it wasn't for being so conscious of where doesn't have reception these days. Where is it 
or it's so expensive to have it that it's just not worth it. Yeah. And also just being mindful, why am I here? If I'm scrolling through Instagram, why am I here? Am I here because I want to connect with inspiring people and look at cute dog photos? Yes, that's why I'm here. If I'm not doing that, then there's something that's not clicking and it might mean that I need to unfollow someone or I need to just check in with myself and going, why am I so far into some cousins, friends, (laughs) dogs? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Right. We both went for the animal. Yeah. Um, (laughs) They're feed like why am I here Um, yeah and just being mindful of okay that was fun some (laughs) of that maybe wasn't exactly where I needed to go with this but let's get back on track and use it for the purpose that I have it for yeah that's Mm. fantastic yeah um and now (laughs) I want to ask you what are your best mindfulness hacks there's probably a few and One of them would be that I just like doing parts of my beauty routine, which Mm. as you well know, and as anyone who follows me knows, I'm not exactly in that space. I just don't know a whole lot about cosmetics. I'm actually learning from you and Ah. learning from asking friends different questions, but I really like using parts of that routine to be mindful because I definitely don't see makeup or skincare as a way of changing the way that I look. I think it's a fun way to experiment. Like I rocked a really red lip the other day, something I didn't think I could pull off. And there I was for a whole day without lipstick on my teeth, pulling it off. Hell yeah. (laughs) I love that. I just think that it's so – there are so many little things that we do. Some people, when they're doing the dishes, that's their mindfulness experience, thinking about how the soap feels on their hands as they're washing their hands afterwards or how the dishes feel when they're clean or Mm. what the water temperature is like, what the smell in the room is like, what are they thinking about at the time, what can they taste in their mouth from their dinner, like Mm. just – just any experience we can really turn it into a mindful experience and it really gives me which is going to sound a bit odd I think (laughs) a sense of magic Mm. I remember being so young and waking up and it would be that change of season time and looking out the window and just getting this incredible sense of something exciting is happening and in any Disney movie okay I am generalizing this but (laughs) when there's something that's about to happen there's always wind there's something going on there's something that's showing that change in the situation that that character is in and I just find that we can miss those moments Hmm. but if we stop and we really listen and watch for them they're still there even as adults yeah that's Mm. so beautiful I love that um so would you say that it really is just about whatever you're doing whatever you choose to be your mindful moment of the day just really bringing it back to being present and cognizant of what is going through your head what you're feeling what you're smelling what you're tasting right yes absolutely yes cool we can do that. We got this. <laughs> um, next, I want to know, what is the motto that you live by? I saw this one fairly recently and on Seize the Yay, 
and Mm. it just struck me you don't have to set yourself on fire to keep others warm Mm. and that is a thing that's gone through my entire life I think I've just been running through until the last few years just on fire (laughs) constantly (laughs) for the benefit of other people and it's become really exciting to go I actually don't need to do this Uh, this is not part of who I am Mm. and this is not part of who I want to be in the future and I have my own boundaries I have my own identity I have my own desires and it's okay for me to live my life through that that is perfectly awesome (laughs) Mm, that's so great Um, Okay, so now we're going to go into the rapid-fire questions. Are you ready? Ready for it. Cool. Okay, number one, (laughs) your favourite binge-worthy TV show? Oh, okay, I have two. I know that's cheating, but I have two. (laughs) Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. (gasps) Oh, love. (laughs) Amazing. Number two, your favourite social media profile right now? Um, Okay. Okay, this is going to sound a little bit odd, potentially, but she I can't deny she's my fave. Fiorella the Iggy. She is another <gasps> Italian greyhound, oh. and the sass in her pose <laughs> is unreal. It is off the charts. <laughs> I just can't stop laughing when I read her pose. It's just hysterical. And I've, I actually have semi-become friends with her human mum um <laughs> online just from being just from sending laughing emojis constantly so <laughs> you've posted about her before and I have definitely scrolled <laughs> yes. through her profile on numerous occasions and I also love the utter <laughs> self-love and just queenship that she oh my god it's amazing <laughs> yes it's so funny and she just because she has a brother Arlo and it's just so funny the way the banter between them and how Arlo's like please love me Phoebe and she's like no I like chicken nuggets more than you <laughs> I'll have to share it on our page people need to see this yes yeah definitely she's so good <laughs> okay next is your favorite beauty product that you can't live without it would have to be my Lumi Spa because my skin has completely changed since using it and now makeup sits better. I don't wear makeup as much um, just because I don't feel like I need to do more creative expression sometimes like cool. when I'm at home because it just feels so good being in that skin. Oh, mm. You would be so good at pitching ads, by the way. You're so – you're all over it. <laughs> this isn't an ad, by the way, but it, it could be. Um, so <laughs> okay, next is your um, favourite style or trend going on right now? Jumpers. And I'm not sure what they – I'm assuming you guys call them jumpers in the States or Sweatshirt, sweaters maybe? Yeah, sweaters or, like, knits or – yeah. Yes, knits. Oh, loving a knit because we're going into winter, which is, as you know, not actually a winter in Queensland, but we like to pretend it is and, like, wear a T-shirt underneath Mm -hmm. our ridiculously warm knit for three hours in the morning. But I'm just really loving on them at the moment because they're so comfy. Yes, (laughs) love. And lastly, your last meal request. I think it would be... 
that true Italian spaghetti, <laughs> like the bolognese that's really, like, not the Australian version, yeah. which, to be honest, we've destroyed. Um, <laughs> that Oh, I just love it so much. Really beautiful pasta. Mm, oh, they're cool. They're cool. So good. Yes. <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, next, we want to ask you what your recommendation is this week. It can be a product or a service, activity, anything you're loving. So this is something I've started doing recently that can help with confidence that I have experimented with and have talked to a lot of people about that seems to be really resonating. And it's when you come into contact with someone that you don't feel confident with, you might feel a bit out of your league with them. Mm. I've been using this when I guest speak at different panels and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, these people are incredible. Why am I here? This is awkward. And just bring it right back because we know that comparisonitis is not helpful. Right. In my mind to what do I have in common with that person? And it helps me be both more compassionate towards myself but also that person as well because I find that if we get into that comparison mode, we can become really not values driven we can become a bit like oh well that person did this so you know maybe they are more of a human than what I thought of course they're human so I, I find that we need to be super aware of our thoughts around that and so by looking for things that are similar between us it could be that you're both women we both have blonde hair we both care deeply about the well-being of others we are both excited by travel all the way down to things like we both need oxygen to survive. We both have people we love and who love us and who have hopes and we have aspirations and just really grounds people. It seems to be working really well at the moment just to help people go, hang on, they're not their social media profile. They're not what they do. They are Mm. a person. And so if I go into this with this perspective that they're less than or more than me, that's unhelpful. Yeah, We're both human. Mm. Wow, that's amazing. That's so interesting. Do you find yourself coming to these conclusions yourself or do you make them part of the conversation or how do you find um, these, you know, uh, similarities between you? Sometimes a bit of both. So sometimes if it's not a time when I can do that, um, I will, I'll maybe look on their social media profile beforehand and watch some of their stories and highlights and just kind of get a sense for oh okay they're quite bubbly like me and finding those similarities um and other times I'll definitely deep dive into conversation with someone like I did when we first met and just start having a chat about the things that we're both passionate about Yeah. yeah very cool thank you so much um okay so this is the final question um, when you hear the word girl kind, what does that mean to you? My first response has to be like mankind, but not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, it, for me, I actually think that does sum it up because girl kind has a reclaiming sense to mm. it for me. And yep. I'm so reluctant to say that sometimes, but I do, for me, that's really what resonates, reclaiming who we are reclaiming our power yeah and that we do have so many more choices now than what we did previously we of course we still have a way to go but as women the tide is changing and yes it will fluctuate but it is changing and I really believe that deep in my heart so I really love 
girl kind because that just that phrase is so meaningful yeah I love that thank you so much and that actually brings us to the end of this episode but I just want to give you the biggest hug and I really miss you (laughs) and I'm so happy we got to have this conversation in a public space where we can invite others to listen in to your absolute genius and warmth and insight so thank you so much for showing up and taking time out to chat to us today Thank you for having me. And side note, (laughs) if you're going to be interviewed at some point, I would love to do it because I think so many people would be interested in your responses to a lot of these things. You're right. And so I'm going to shotgun that opportunity. Yes. (laughs) Oh, okay. I like that idea. (laughs) Very cool. Ah, isn't she just the absolute best? She is so, so gorgeous. I'm really, really happy you got to be here for this conversation and I hope you learned as much as I did. Um, I strongly, strongly encourage you to go and follow her and her adventures on Instagram and see her gorgeous therapy dog, Evie. It's at the Mindful Collective and you can get a bunch of really amazing resources there as well. So thank you for joining me this week. Until next time, I hope you really enjoy the next seven days. And remember, we are girl kind like mankind, but not at all.